This is the Schnauzer Logic Radio Company. And this is Not the Podcast, episode number nine, being recorded on a Monday. It is August the 14th, 2023. Number nine, 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 number nine. Son of Easter, my friends, Son of Easter, and welcome. You've managed to tune in, last time and otherwise download that stream of bits known around the world as Not the Podcast. Yes, this is not the podcast you were ever expecting to hear again. This is not the podcast I knew if I was ever going to do again, and this is certainly not the podcast that anybody has been looking for, but nevertheless, here we are. My name is Robin Goldstein, and I'm your host, I'm your buddy, and I'm your pal. I'm also a straight white who's vegetarian, lesbian, fraternity boy, trapped in the body of a recovering transsexual woman, patent attorney, patent attorney, that's a patent attorney with a P, <laughs> patent attorney, uh, the straight white who's vegetarian, patent attorney with a bizarre sense of humor, thank you, and a master's degree in city planning, and I am thrilled and delighted to welcome each and every one of you here to what is guaranteed to be an amazing show today. Uh... And so we'll get into it, I guess, a little bit here. Um, first thing I ought to say that if you notice if the sound is a little bit different, I'm trying a different microphone. I don't know whether I'll keep it or not. I have a ton of microphones, and I have a tube microphone. Most of the modern microphones have um, semiconductors inside of them. There's a microphone element that picks up the sound, and then there are uh, circuitry, a little circuit board inside there with, uh, with transistors that try to make good, clean amplification and give you some filtering and all that stuff. But before they had transistors, they had tubes, and tubes are supposed to have this kind of warm sound. And I have a tube microphone. Unfortunately, they don't make tubes anymore. Uh, it's certainly here in the United States, not audio tubes. And so um, there are still some tubes that are made um, in Russia, of all places, and there are tubes that are made in China, um, but they're not considered to be very high quality in terms of audio, so there are sort of these new old stock tubes. I didn't know I was going to go off on a fucking tube rant, but there are these, they call them new old stock tubes. There are tubes that collectors, um, who use them mostly for guitar amplifiers, because they want to get that kind of 1960s tube amp sound, um, uh, look for, and, uh, and, and you can spend like hundreds, like anything with audio file stuff, you can spend hundreds and hundreds or, of dollars, I probably, probably spend thousands of dollars for these kind of rare tubes that have some kind of magic in the envelope of the ether in the little tube. Uh, they call them valves in the UK, by the way. For anybody who in the UK happens to be listening, I know that they're called valves over there. But anyhow, um, I was at a flea market about a month ago. Uh, a, a technology flea market at a local community college. I hadn't been for years. I thought it'd be fun to do, mostly just to kind of get me out of the house and get my ass moving early in the morning. And I was looking around at a lot of stuff that was at this flea market, which were things that I worked on while I was at Apple for 22 years, which at the time that I worked on them, right, were sort of state-of-the-art kind of imagination-inspiring pieces of technology. And here they were, you know, now it's garbage, as uh, as uh, Oscar Madison says to Felix Unger and the Odd Couple, um, now it's now it's trash, right? Now it's it's garbage and trash, and you know there's a there's a crate full of them for a buck a piece kind of thing. 
And so I wandered around and it was sort of fun to see all of this stuff and maybe a little heartbreak as well. And then I saw people who were selling tubes and I didn't think anything of it because I thought, oh, that's kind of adorable. And then I thought like, I wonder if they have the kind of tubes that they use in the microphone that I have. And so the first question was like, what's the kind of tube in the microphone that I have? And also, why does my voice go up like that when I'm talking about tubes? And so I did a little Googling and my phone and the thing and I figured out what the tube was and I went over to a person who had a lot of nice tubes and they had like post-World War II tubes, brand new military surplus tubes, which are like, I guess, like the holy grail of these kind of tubes. And I said, how much are the tubes? And they're like, eight bucks a piece. And I said, um, okay. And, and there's a part of me that was like, I'm going to take all of them. Um, a, because I'm a, I'm a bit of a hoarder and B, because it felt like, well, you know, it could be worth money. And then the other part of me is like, don't fucking take the last thing. In fact, uh, my friend Bert, um, uh, we were talking, he, he had worked with me here in California. He's recently moved back to the East Coast. We were chatting and he lamented that there is a certain kind of um, uh, sourdough bread made at a bakery in Santa Cruz, California that he misses because they don't sell it sort of east of the Rockies. I, I don't know if they even sell it outside of the West Coast at all. And he was trying to get them to ship it, and they wouldn't ship it. And I said, it's not a problem. Like, I'll just go over to Santa Cruz. I'll go over to the factory almost all the time. You know, bakeries have factory stores, and I'll go buy some loaves for you. And I was not able to find um, any loaves because it turns out they don't have a factory store. I did get lovely photographs of the delivery trucks that this company has. I won't use their name. Um, but, uh, but, no, but, no, but no bread. And so I said all the photographs off to Bert and I go, I will not be denied. This is where my obsessive compulsive and ADD come into play and I use them for good and not for evil. And so on Saturday, I got up and I looked at their website, and one of the things they said was they go to lots of farmer's markets. And I thought, well, let me go to some farmer's markets. So I went to a small farmer's market nearby me. They didn't have anything there, but then there's a, a big farmer's market at the West Valley College. Like, that's a big one. And it was gorgeous. And I don't know why I haven't been going there, like, ever, because there's tons of amazing fruits and vegetables. I think I actually need to go again next Saturday. And sure enough, the bakery had a, a booth there or a tent or whatever the hell it was next to their truck. And there were these two young women. And they had the kind of bread that my friend Bert wanted. This nine grain sourdough bread. And they had um, uh, f uh, four loaves of uh, square and then the woman said to me actually we have like a round boule today if you're looking for that kind of rustic bread and so I said well I want to get him some loaves and I probably I've never had this particular variety I'd like to get some for myself and she said to me well just buy them all because I think they were like five loaves and I thought to myself and again I thought oh yes I should just buy all of the loaves and then I thought, no, I don't need all of the loaves, and I'm probably only going to send three loaves to him, and so I'll keep a loaf for myself. And also, like, if I were me, and somebody came earlier in the day and bought all of the loaves, I'd feel shitty. But if I got there and it's like, we have one loaf left, I would feel like, yay! Like, that's not enough for a party of 100 people, but like, that's a loaf of bread will get me through the week, and then I'll go get another loaf next week. And so I didn't buy all of the loaves. Let me try to rewind, unwind. Yes, so I didn't get all the tubes. I knew I'd get back to where I was. I didn't get all of the tubes, but I bought, so I, I bought, I think, three tubes, two or three different tubes that were supposed to be very good, and I and I did a little test recording with the tube that I had in there, which was not the original manufacturer's tube. I don't know, Chinese tube or Russian tube, but but a, like a new old stock British tube 
tube. Uh, I forget who the name it was. And then I recorded it with this tube, which I think is a Phillips made for the military on Collins Radio. I don't know. And and as I look back at the 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 sort of recording waveforms, I thought, oh, this is actually a little bit nicer. Like this is rounder and smoother and warmer and what have you. And so I thought, well, at least I'll try to record an episode of the podcast using this, and then we can sort of see whether we like it or not. Because the other microphone I have is my old standard Audio-Technica. It's an upline version of that microphone, and I love that microphone. The one thing I will say about this microphone is it has a little more background noise. The When you're not talking, the sort of the amplification circuitry has a little more hiss in it. I don't know that you can actually hear that when you're listening over headphones or what have you, but it's true. Anyhow, I realize now I have chewed up 10 minutes of the 30-minute program talking about, as we would say in Yiddish, Narishkeit. So there you go. So how are you? How are you doing? I'm doing okay, I guess. One of the reasons that I haven't done a podcast, um, I think there's probably two primary reasons. The first reason is it feels like there are a lot of podcasts out there now. And, of course, that's because there are a lot of podcasts out there now. And, um, and and so while I'm okay with doing this, knowing that maybe nobody will listen to it, uh, certainly not when it goes out. It, you know, these things are up on servers, and so they're there forever, and people will stumble across them. And so you may be hearing this not in 2023, but, you know, sometime in the future. I don't think you could listen to it in the past, although that would be really fucking cool. Um, it was always nice to know that I was talking to an audience back in the day when I started doing Schnauzer Logic, that I was talking to an audience and that uh, because I'd get emails and occasionally I'd get other kind of, I'd get a voicemail message. And so there was like a little bit of audience interaction, which was enough to kind of make me feel like, all right, I'm engaging. But but that was when there were probably, you know, 10,000 podcasts, not close to like over a million podcasts. And so I don't get the kind of interaction now. Um, and so part of it is like, well, what's the point of doing this if nobody's going to hear it? Again, that's not the only reason to do it. And I do feel that, you know, the the product finds the ears that it needs to. So it will do it. It will find where it needs to be. The, the other reason, which I think is probably more important to me, is I, I have tried to make sure that my shows are not a bitch fest. They're not supposed to be a substitute for therapy, and they're not supposed to be just me, it's not supposed to be just me complaining for a half an hour or whatever it is. And when I did the program with other folks in the studio here, even if I just had one person sitting in the studio with me, um, you know, the audience of one, it felt to me like I was I was unlikely to wind up in that kind of complaining spiral where it's like, and here's another shitty thing that happened to me this week. And can you believe it? Like, there's not that, right? Because mostly what I'm trying to do is entertain the person sitting with me in the room here. And so I don't want to depress them. I want to make them laugh. And so it's kind of elevates it. And because I've been doing the show alone for a couple of reasons, primarily, probably mentioned in the past, because uh, I reconfigured the studio at the beginning of the pandemic. And so right now there really isn't a place for somebody else to sit here uh, in the studio with me. I could probably figure out a way of making that happen. But mostly what I do right now is this has become a music workstation on this side. And the other side is for doing work and Zoom videos and things of that nature, guitar lessons and such. And so um, and so I, I don't have that. The other thing is it... I, it's hard to get people. There's actually somebody who I really do want to be able to sit in with me on a weekly basis, 
and I can't get a commitment from them. They've got other stuff going on in their life. Not a not a complaint, just a reality. And so what it happens is it becomes me talking for half an hour. And while I may find that fascinating, I'm not sure that it's as compelling as as I would want. And so I think to myself, like, I don't want to just be me talking for half an hour and complaining about things. And I and I did have some ideas, like when we had a whole bunch of shows. I was probably about a month and a half ago when it was sort of the last episode of Succession and then the last episode of Barry and then the last episode of, there was a third one, I think The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, not not necessarily in the same category, but you know, these kind of limited run series, like they all ended in the same week and I was a fan of all of them, watched all of them and so I thought, well, I could talk about this and we could talk about, like there was something to talk about and then I listened to podcasts from you know, these these kind of commercial podcasting services where folks are effectively doing what I'm doing, but with listeners and some money, um, talking about what's happening. And I, and I thought to myself, like, well, what am I going to add to the conversation? Like, it'd be fun to be talking to them about it, but by myself, like, what am I going to add to the to the insights in the end of Ted Lasso. Like, I don't know that I have a lot to add to that these days. Whereas, again, like when I started doing podcasting, I think it was in 2016 I did my first show. So, 2000, yeah, 20, 1920, yeah, no, 26, 2006. Maybe it was 2006. I don't know. Anyhow, long fucking time ago. Yes, it wasn't 2016. That doesn't make sense. It would have been 2006. 2006, motherfucker. So 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 20. So a long time ago. I'm, I'm counting on my fingers here. I, I saw somebody, uh, Michael Zwirling, the owner of KSCO, the other day, and he asked me if I do my podcast with video. Because he said, are you still doing podcasting? He was the person that gave me my chance to go on the real radio, real radio, i.e. Um, AM broadcast radio. Uh, on a daily show, which was great. And he said, are you still doing your podcast? And I said, I stopped doing the old Puts Logic. I'm now doing this new thing called Not the Podcast. Um, and uh, he goes, are you doing video? And I said, no, I'm not really doing video, partly because I don't like to look at me. I don't find me attractive. Um, and it makes me uncomfortable to, to look at me. And the also, also, because then you'd see me counting on my fingers. But anyhow, and so... Um, and so I thought, but um, I do feel like there's stuff that's been going on that I do want to talk about. Again, I've now chewed up half the 30 minutes just not talking about anything. And one of the things that happened this week, I had a back-to-back experience. The first was sort of made me angry and maybe thought like I should really complain about this live. And then the second one sort of made me really happy. And then I thought, well, I should complain about this live. So the first thing that happened was I've been taking guitar lessons. I I mentioned that in the past, I think. Uh, Started at the beginning of the pandemic from a woman who's an amazing guitarist and the singer, songwriter, uh, founder of of a kind of a punk grunge rock and roll band um and uh and i've probably mentioned her name before and so you can go look it up if you want to but um again i'm not going to mention her here and so i got to the point after probably a year and a half of lessons i thought like i think i'm full like i it's not that i can't learn more things but i feel like i'm at where i want to be at this point um, and also, like, I, I don't think I can absorb any more lessons. Like, I, I need practice, and it'd be fun to learn songs, but, like, I don't need more theory at this point. I think I have enough theory. Like, that's not what's holding me back. And so we went from, like, monthly, uh, weekly lessons down to, like, every month, every six weeks, something like that. 
And and part of that was like, I like her and I like the conversations that we had. We had philosophical conversations about art and culture and late stage capitalism and all of that kind of stuff. And and partly because I know that she's struggling, you know, starving, you know, artist kind of thing. And I thought to myself, it'd be nice for me to kind of throw a couple of bucks her way every month, you know, like not a, you know, I'm not going to obviously pay the rent, but, you know, throw a couple bucks her way. And so she can feel like a little bit of, you know, comfort and, and um, stability is probably a better word not than comfort. So she doesn't feel like she's nervous about this. And so I felt like this is kind of a donation. You know what I mean? Not, not a charitable thing, but like just a, a kindness rather than a charitable thing. And so um, we've been having the lessons, but I've been frustrated because I haven't really been able to get her to teach me what I want her to teach me, um, which is some really basic garage band, rock and roll, three chord stuff power chords, stuff that I think lots of other people know, and I've got this giant hole in my knowledge because I'm, I'm a hacker. And I had said to her at the beginning of the lesson, you know, I think I, one of the things I realized was when it comes to these creative endeavors, like playing the guitar, I've been recently doing a lot of baking, uh, including baking bread, which I've not done since law school, so like 40 years ago, like, yes, with yeast and letting it rise and, you know, and then, you know, working with it, kneading it, kneaded bread and all of that stuff. Um, I, I feel like I'm a hacker, which is like, I want to get a great result on the outcome so that it sounds good or that it tastes good, but I, I don't care about sort of like missing steps along the way or if like ultimately like there's a crack in the top of my cheesecake, like, well, that's what, you know, that's what strawberries are for. And and so I thought like I'm a hacker when these things, and she said to me, um, that's okay, you're just a hobbyist. And that cut through me in so many ways, I don't think she meant it as an insult. I think, I think, and if she had said, well, you're not a professional, right? If she had said you're, you're an amateur, I would have said, well, I think I'm kind of an advanced amateur. I mean, in some things, I'm probably better than people who make a few bucks, you know what I mean? I know more music theory and I probably, you know, probably can play better in some ways or at least as good at some folks who are professionals. It's true. I'm not making any money doing this. I'm certainly not making a living. I have made money playing music. So I think I have some credentials to claim that I'm professional adjacent. But the concept of hobbyist felt like a dilettante, like, oh, you're not really serious about this. And I thought like, why the fuck would I take lessons for three years if I was a hobbyist? Like hobbyists don't take lessons for three years. Like it was, it was a poor choice of words. I still haven't decided whether or not I want to let to talk to her about it. I have decided I'm not going to take any more lessons with her. Like we do one more lesson. I think I'm going to take a break because the other part of this, which is the, really the thing that was the trigger, not that I'm offended. I was angry and hurt, but not, you know, I get, I, I'm a big kid. I can get over it is I said to her, the thing that I'd like to t learn today, if you could teach me something that everybody knows you know, who's kind of a 15-year-old kid sitting in their bedroom playing in a garage band, you know what I mean, and playing all kinds of punk stuff. Like, if you could teach me how to do something like that, some power chords, some basically, like, you know, some soloing, some basic soloing over stuff, like, I'd love to learn that because I think that would kind of fill in the blanks. And her response to me was, well, I, I hear you. I think what I'd rather teach you instead is, and it's like, oh, fuck me. Like, it's going to be more theory and triads and voice leading. And like, I understand that this is important, but I don't want to be a studio jazz musician. Like, if really you see me as a hobbyist, then the last thing you'd want to teach me is that stuff. Like, what you'd want to teach me is, like, just teach me how to play some campfire songs. So that bummed me out so much 
that I'm still complaining about it almost a week later. That's how much it bummed me out. It really, it bummed me out. And maybe I'll say something not to make her feel bad, but just because I'm thinking she may not know how that hit. And so um, that's, uh, I, I, she ought to know. Because I'm going to tell her next time, like, I think it's our last lesson. I think I've gotten what I have. And by the way, like, I'm looking for another teacher. I'm not done taking lessons. I do want to learn this. Like, that is the opposite of fucking hobbyist. And by the way, in terms of bread baking, I've already taken a bread baking class. Like, I thought to myself, like, oh, I want to get better at this. And so I signed up for two bread baking classes, one from the King Arthur Flour Company up in Vermont. They do a virtual Zoom, but a live class. So let's, you're not just watching a webinar. Like, you're actually, I think, 18 people, and you're all seeing the teacher, and she sees you, and you're talking to her, and baked some... I don't know, there's more noise outside. There's always fucking noise outside. Um, baked some more uh, bread. Um, and I'd sign up for a second baking class to learn how to bake French baguettes, um, so uh, which I was not able to do because I learned how to pickle pickles instead. But I gave the anyhow. So so I'm serious about that. And that's 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 the that's uh, maybe I'd say something to her because she's a good person and I like her and I want her to understand. It should be a learning opportunity. But on the other side, the next day, um, uh, <laughs> I should take a break. No, take a breath. <sighs> The next day, so what happened the next day was, which kind of turned the other side around here, one of the reasons I'm doing this episode today, episode number nine, as you heard at the beginning, is I had gone into Clubhouse, uh, that app, which I don't really go on very much anymore, um, but I, occasionally if I'm sort of feeling lonely and bored and I go into Clubhouse and I'll find something interesting to listen to, never the political stuff, but occasionally some of the comedy stuff, there was a woman who had a room that was talking about screenwriting and story, and those are areas that I'm very interested in, not because I expect that I'll be a screenwriter. Back in the day, I thought maybe I would be, and I took a bunch of screenwriting classes, and I took some filmmaking classes. I, I, I had this idea to be creative because, you know, I'm a fucking hobbyist. <laughs> but um, but because in my daily life as a consultant, uh, working in a coach, working with startups, um, one of the things that I realize is many of them don't do, in my opinion, a very good job in telling their story, right? And and I was talking to a friend of mine, Chrissy Farr, uh, who is, I think, going to be writing a book about this. And and we sort of talked about, you know, why was Steve Jobs so good at it? And I got a chance to work as part of Apple University where we sort of talked about Steve's methodology. And one of the things he understood was the basic Greek concepts, right, of, of story and making sure that your story appeals to logos ethos and pathos, right? That it appeals to the logic, that it appeals to expertise, and then it appeals to emotion, right? That it has a connection to all three of those. And especially here in the Silicon Valley, logic and expertise, everybody feels like this is, I'm the smartest, and this is obviously something that you need. And they stop there, and they don't get to the pathos. They don't make an emotional connection. And this woman was talking about making emotional connections with their audience. And I thought to myself, I wonder if there's something that I can learn from screenwriters who understand how to create this kind of tension in their works that will help me in, in, in coaching folks in high technology. So I reached out to her and she does consults and I set up an hour consult with her and uh, we got on a Zoom call, I think just about a week ago. And uh, she's very nice. And uh, uh, she said, uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. And so I started to talk about what it is that I do. And she said, I don't know, probably talked for three or four minutes about how I got there and what I was up to and what I was, why this was interesting to me and what I saw were opportunities. And she said at the end of this, I think I'm sort of paraphrasing, but not too much. She said, oh, my God, 
I love hearing you talk. I just love listening to you. And as you were talking, I thought to myself, this woman should have a woman show. And then she looked at me and she goes, I bet you hear that all the time. And I go, I don't know about all the time, but I've certainly heard it before. And, um, and other people have said to me, I went to a wedding a few weeks ago and, and somebody said to me like, you have so many great stories, you should be telling your stories. And so not that um, this is a gift, but what I do know is true is um, many, many years ago when I was trying to figure out what I was doing with my life. By the way, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing with my life, but, but now I know I'm closer to the end. Um, many, many years ago, um, what I, what I, uh, what I, uh, I, I read a book about shamans, uh, and shamanism, uh, which is an idea, uh, in lots of indigenous cultures. And there was one model of shamanism. I don't think it's true for all, uh, cultures or religions, but there was one model. I wish I could remember where it was from that said that the shaman in the community, the shaman is given access to specialized knowledge that isn't given to anybody else. And the shaman then has an obligation to share that knowledge with the rest of the community. And if they keep it to themselves, that knowledge will drive the shaman insane. And I thought, oh, shit, that feels like me uh, in many ways of having experiences and insights and stories that are unique to me. And my obligation is to share those and so uh, as a result of the stars aligning and maybe the, uh, the, the Perseid meteor shower and, uh, and the dog barking and the crows flying and the, and the, 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 the weevils bowling, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, actually, I'm pretty proud of that one. <laughs> I just came up with that on the spot. Um, I feel like maybe this was a good thing to do. So, uh, again, we are coming up to the end of this because I'm still going to try to keep these things at around uh, 30 minutes. And uh, to quote the uh, great uh, or near great or just a potentially annoying uh, Gordon Ramsay. Yes, here we go. 60 seconds remaining. I know. So there you go. So, uh... That's what we got. Maybe, maybe this will, so, so I'm going to try to do shows again. I'll either use this microphone or the other microphone. There'll probably be dogs barking and birds singing and whales humping. <laughs> you know, because of the humpback whale. Anyhow, you get it? Uh, let's see. Here we go. What am I supposed to do? Oh, yes, I'm supposed to read this. Uh, by the way, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Um, Not the Podcast is a production of the Schnauzer Logic Radio Company. It is hosted by Red Circle, a fantastic platform for podcasts and brands to scale their message. Uh, check them out at redcircle.com. Our theme music was written and recorded by me, Robin Goldstein. Uh, and you can contact us by writing to... There you go. Yeah, yeah, hands are in the air. Don't care. Uh, let's see. What did I say? Oh, yes. Check them out at redcircle.com. Our theme music... The one you're listening to right now behind me was written and recorded by a hobbyist, me, Robin Goldstein. <laughs> you can contact us by writing to Robin at notthepodcast.show. That's Robin at notthepodcast.show. Or sending us a text or leaving a voicemail message at 470-PODCAST. Yes, that's 470-PODCAST. And uh, I think it says we're also on Twitter, which is now X. 
not the podcast 99 but I, I don't I don't use that I, by the way I have no idea where the fuck to go for social media Twitter is is I, I said to somebody that Twitter is like when we knew that smoking cigarettes was bad for us but we're like we, we, we were still doing it that that's what fucking Twitter feels like these days so um, anyhow uh, thank you very much for listening. Uh, if you have any ideas about stuff that you would like me to talk about, you can reach out at uh, uh, Robin at Not the Podcast That Show or that 470 Podcast and let us know. Uh, I hope you have a great week and uh, we'll try to do it again real soon. All right? Take care. Oh, until next time, show up, pay attention, tell the truth, and don't be attached to the outcome. I got it all in. Yay! Thank you. Bye. This is over now and you just got to deal with it. I want you to know it's over. It's over, Johnny. It's over. It's over. It's over, Harvey. I'm sorry. I need to get on with my life. You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go. Elvis has left the building. This is the Schnauzer Logic Radio Company.